Welcome back in for another episode of the Vitamin C's podcast, proud part of the CLNS Media Network. I am your host, Tim Shields, and I am joined by my co-host and bro, Wayne Breezy Brown. Wayne, how are we feeling today? Feeling much better, I think? Maybe? Maybe? (laughs) Absolutely feeling much better. Uh, Look, the Celtics did what they needed to do. They tied this series up one and one. Um, I'm over the first game. If we can do what we did, uh, I'm not saying we need to blow this team out by 30 points again, but if we continue to play the type of basketball that we played in last night's game, Man, the Celtics will dominate this series. And the key was, like, it's it's Embiid. They play better against Embiid. Like, like when he's in the game, when Giannis is in the game, when that superstar is playing, there's only one superstar, I feel like, that gives the Celtics problems. And maybe because he's not a super-duper star, <laughs> and, that's, and that's Jimmy Butler. Okay, but, I was going to say, Luka yeah. gives some problems, too. Luka's had so many he's a superstar against though. him. Yeah, that's I give, true. That's I give true. him that's superstar. True. Like he hits those. It always comes down to the game-winning shot, and he hits it. But Jimmy, I don't know if people label him as a super duper star, but because <laughs> he's not labeled a super duper star, he just gives the Celtics problems. There's levels to this. There's levels to this <laughs> stuff, y'all. But welcome to the Vitamin C Show, Tim. I'm great. I hope you're great. Uh, I'm doing much better. You know, winning cures all illnesses and ailments. So you know. Anything you're feeling, like vibes vibes are great right now. Absolutely immaculate after that kind of win. And I think you hit the nail on the head there, especially when you talk about Embiid. I think the Celtics play well against guys like Embiid and Giannis just because of the way they're able to defend, and it does slow the game down. So even, even if Embiid was at like 100% health, I think their offense slows down a lot more, which allows Al Horford to be much more effective. And I talked about this on the pregame show um, for How About Them Seas. But the one thing I was calling for was I wanted them to get Grant Williams involved. Grant Williams was integral, 100% absolutely integral in that win. I'm hoping we continue to see him get more minutes. I mean, he played more minutes in this one game than he did in his two games in Atlanta combined. Uh, Played almost 20, basically 29 minutes, four of eight from the field, four rebounds, four assists, and a steal. A plus 22 on the night, only two fouls. And what they did was that I really, really loved was they sat, they would sub in Grant when Al Horford was out of the game. So they'd sub in Grant. So, and and they would line it up. So like Embiid gets pulled out of the game, right? Al Horford mm-hmm. was out there defending him. They pull Al Horford out and then they would put Grant Williams in. So like Grant was getting a lot of run and they were using his size to keep up with the speed. Cause that was the biggest thing, right? That, that Philly had going in game one, they were smaller, they were faster. They were able to get out and run their transition. Defense was a lot faster because they were able to get out and get moving on both sides of the floor. And for Embiid right now, not only is he just like a bigger, slower guy, just, just based on the nature of his physicality and his stature, but he's not operating at a hundred percent. So like that knees, Definitely slowing him down and hampering him. The Celtics made a point of attacking in the paint, getting foul calls. And it was just overall a much different game than game one. And you do have to wonder if they, the 76ers, I mean, rushed Embiid back. This might have been a mistake. And I I feel like they should have waited until the series got back to Philly. And I mean, we talked about it before when we were talking about series preview and stuff. Embiid should have come back in game three. They shouldn't have brought him back for game two. You stole game one and you found a style of basketball that worked against the Celtics. And then you immediately went against it and tried to get Embiid back into it and make him a part of the offense. 
outside of the five blocks, he wasn't as effective as you'd want him to be in terms of the offense. It just wasn't there. I mean, four or nine from the field, zero or two from three, most of his work, seven to eight from the line. So you saw more free throws this game, but just not a stellar game from him. And on top of that, he played almost 27 minutes. So you got to see how that knee's doing. There's going to be some swelling for sure. I think one of the reasons why they probably tried to get him back is they knew he had to get back into some type of basketball shape. And when it would it be okay being up one Oh, would that moment, would that be the best moment to kind of like get him back in? So hopefully by game three, game four, you know, he might be into back into some type of basketball shape, but he's still, he's going to deal with the injury regardless uh the best thing for Embiid will be to lose and then he can go home and heal up all the way but that that would be the best thing um interesting fun fact you know all right so if you go back to uh game four the Celtics versus the 76ers it was 135 to 87 the Celtics won that game Grant Williams played 26 minutes and scored 12 points and had almost identical stats to what he did in this past game which so this was what last year's game four yes okay interesting. isn't that interesting very interesting <laughs> but what took i mean that missoula wasn't there maybe maybe they went back to watch some old film some old basketball tape and they kind of was like you know what grant it's it i'm messing up it's time it, it, it's your time i don't know what it's gonna take man it really it really pisses me off that he He's just completely fallen out of the rotation. This is a guy who is a regular contributor, and I expressed my frustrations yesterday about it um, on the pregame show. But he's a guy that needs to be getting minutes, and it just makes zero <laughs> sense to me. I don't know what he did exactly. If it was maybe it was just like a play style thing where he was trying to focus too much on getting his own shots and his own buckets, because you know there would be times where he would just drive on a possession. It's like we don't need you to do that. We need you to take threes. And I mean, look what he did. Four of eight shooting, all mm -hmm. of it from three-point range. And he shot 50% mm -hmm. on it. And he was like super high effectiveness from there. And that's kind of what you want him to do. And, and maybe that's what the issue was, is that he was getting away from that. He was trying to, you know, add this post-up game. And uh, unless you're just catching it on the low block, that's not what you need Grant Williams to do. You need him out there to space the floor. So maybe that's why Joe I'm, I'm searching for reasons, man. I'm searching for reasons that as to why good, Joe's that, not giving him minutes. That's, I mean, that sounds, that sounds like you're hitting a nail on the head, right? I mean, he was trying to do something. He was trying to like uh, develop on the spot and hmm. you can't develop. You can't be developing in the playoffs. Like there's no development. You, you have a role, you play the role. And the more you play the role, and the more successful you are in playing the role, the more minutes you're going to get. And so going into a hostile environment uh, on Friday, I think Grant's going to do just damn fine. Like, like he's going to be all right. And I think Missoula and the trust and all that type of stuff is getting built back into, uh, into uh, the system because now you're starting to see Grant play smarter basketball and things like that and the celtics man i mean they do their thing 121 to 87 that's what that's what you needed uh that's what you wanted to see weird game because my my favorite player only had seven points yeah weird night from tatum one of seven from the field uh overall he still was a positive he was a plus 24 on the night which is the highest plus minus of 
the entire game. So he was finding other ways to impact the game. Seven rebounds, three assists, two turnovers and a block, uh, five of five from the line. So he was making a point of attacking. Here's the thing, though. Only like 20 minutes, 19 19. minutes and 20 seconds of floor time. So you kept him pretty fresh. Most of the starters, the only player that was a starter that went like just over 30 minutes was Jalen Brown. Brown. (laughs) His 30 minutes and three seconds. So everybody else, they made sure to pull him off the floor, which I felt was awesome. I mean, Rob didn't even break 22 minutes. So you've got all of these guys who you played well enough. You blew the doors off of them and you were able to give those guys a little bit of rest. And I think that's huge. And the same goes, I mean, for the 76ers in that sense, because Joel Embiid's still recovering. He got those 26 minutes of floor time. But for a guy who's recovering from LCL injury, he's come out and said in his post game, yeah, this is this injury. I should be out four to six weeks. And it's like, dude, then why why are you playing? I don't understand. He's trying to prove to his team that he's no, you know. Yeah, but I I get it to an extent. But, dude, yeah. I just want to make sure I'm saying stuff. No, I get you. I get you. No, I, it's, it's got to be man. that, right? I mean, it's got to be that. I mean, he's the toughness it, thing. League MVP and doesn't play a lot of basketball. They completely so, erased Harden too, by the way. Two uh, of fourteen from the field. That yeah, he just completely evaporated. It was. I mean, he got ten rebounds, which was surprising, but four assists, and then besides that, I mean, he did his work from the line. Eight of ten from the line was where he got pretty much all of his points. So they eliminated him completely from the offensive scheme. And I don't know how much of that is just Joe That's Joe, or, or the I mean, team bringing the effort because they feel like it was like an effort problem. And you saw the change in energy and intensity. They really were making a point of just getting out there that's the and, and sticking it to him. That's so the ding ding. <laughs> that is. I appreciate that you now have the soundboard up and running and that we're running with it because uh, it's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> That, but, that was the ding ding. I'm sorry. That ding, was ding. They came with <laughs> intensity. And that that was the whole point. Like even all right, game one. Mm. It was a weird back and forth. All right, you score, we score. You score, we score. We score, you score. Bye bye bye. It was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The Celtics don't shouldn't play that type of basketball. Can't can't build a lead. No, you play defense and you find ways to get them to miss. Period. Mm. Force them to shoot. If they hitting, they hitting. But make sure you playing that good perimeter defense. I'm telling you, the key to this Celtics victory was the fact that Joel Embiid limped his big ass out there on the court. That was the key. That I knew from that. Can't moment, argue with that, man. I knew from that moment. I was like, oh, the Celtics got this. I didn't know they were going to win by that much, but I was like, oh, they got this. They want to play against Embiid. They like that matchup. It's it's a better matchup for Al. He's not stretched around the perimeter all the daggone time. Let Embiid take his threes. If he makes them, okay, good shot. You live with it. You live with it. I don't want Harden shooting, period. And I think the fact that Embiid was a factor on his squad and on our squad because it took the ball out of James Harden's hand. Like, that that was the issue. Like, he had the ball predominantly. Him and Maxie, those two guards, figured out how to play two-guard ball, Without Embiid on the court, it got others involved. Oh, 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 who's the guy uh, off the bench from game one that got them like 17 points? Was it De- the Anthony Melton? It was probably Melton. I don't know how many points he finished Two. with, but he did He did well. Yeah, and they right. yeah, but completely you take, but taken out of it. But my point is you're taking away those – you're taking away 
from the bench so he can't get activated. I'll take what I get from their starters, and I don't expect their starters to play as poorly as they did. I mean, Tobias Harris uh, did lead them in scoring with 16. He's going to get off because you allow the third, fourth person to do their thing. Like, it's takeaway options one, two, and three, right? And so mm-hmm. I, th- I thought the Celtics did a pretty damn gone good job in doing so. I think they disrupted their playmaking. I think that's the big thing when you're talking about getting okay. the ball out of Harden's hands. They only had 13 assists on the night, but 11 turnovers. They had like 11 their turnovers. offense was, yeah, their offense was all over the place. You win but, the turnover battle, you win the game, usually. Only six turnovers by the Celtics. I'm, so I was impressed only, by that's that. That's great. That's amazing. Only, <laughs> six, only six is great. Yeah. Right. That's a Some 12. Thing. You get under 12, generally you're going to win okay. a game. I thought it was That's 10, my opinion. But you said 12. Ted, I say, well, there was a point in time, I want to say it might have been back during the bubble, was like that was like around the magic number was like if they had under 12 turnovers they would win a game okay generally um yeah you do want to try and keep it as low as possible under 10 would be fantastic for every single game one big jump is the fact that celtics went from taking only 26 attempts from three-point range last game to taking 51 this game yeah, 20 51 they must have listened to our podcast because they went to the locker room and said, wait a minute, we only shot 20 what times? That's not 50. Celtics basketball. <laughs> I mean, 50, man. Like, that's a massive jump, and they needed it. Like, that's, again, like, Joe just dunks on people with this stuff. As much as we critique, like, the three-pointers, quality matters with three-point shots, and they took a lot of quality threes, and they hit a lot of quality threes. As soon as those threes started falling, like, the game just completely opened up for them. Agreed. But this this offense, the only way it's going to work is if they're just shooting threes and a high capacity of them. And that's sort of what ended up happening in this game. Two little factoids. One, this was the first time this season that the Celtics held an opponent to under 90 points. And it was also the largest uh, loss margin for the Philly uh, Philadelphia 76ers in their playoff history. Yes, bravo, bravo. So they just handed them the biggest playoff L ever, which is phenomenal, for for lack of a better term. It's so (laughs) cool because when the Celtics beat a team, they like to beat a team bad. And and when it's, you know, this rival, remember back in the day we played Philly and Paul Pierce was, this ain't no rival. (laughs) I don't know what was wrong with Paul Pierce, but no, when when you look at this rivalry and um, you beat a team like this, you're sending a you're sending a message to the league not to this team 76ers and doc rivers know if the celtics show up in their a game it's gonna be really hard to beat them if they hit if they're shooting these many attempts and they're hitting these shots it's gonna be really hard to beat them we can't keep up with their three-point shooting even though they're the number one three-point shooting team i believe in the league 76ers have the best percentage i think if i'm not mistaken but, I could pull it up for the regular season or just the yeah, playoffs. Uh, I think you could pull it for both, maybe, because I know I I remember hearing that uh, game one, and I was just like, man, we are, our perimeter defense is struggling uh, that game. But no, it's it's so cool that the Celtics come out and just hand a butt whooping, and so now they have something really to build off on. And you can say, well, Tatum, it's time for you to get your stuff together, because imagine if Tatum is injected into this offense the normal like his normal way. You know what I, I don't mind from Tatum, though? I, I like his aggression. I like the fact that he's taking it to the basket. He's not getting the calls, though. I think that's what's frustrating him and throwing him a little bit off his game. I think Jason Tatum just needs to, if he doesn't get the call, shake it off, 
and find a way to clap back uh, in, in terms because I feel like that takes him out of his game mentally and then he's just not going to shoot well. And so for Tatum, who does shoot relatively very well, um, he needs to continue to get to the basket. We still can score inside on these guys. It changes up a little bit with Joel being back there. But if I'm the Celtics, I'm going after those knees, like literally. Like take him on those knees, make him jump, make him bump, make him fall, make him stumble. Don't hit him in the knees. I'm not saying playing dirty. <laughs> You're just like Nancy Kerrigan. It. Right. It's like, it's like Jesus. Don't hit him with the rose skate <laughs> and the kneecaps. You know what I'm saying? Nah, but just make play physical with them is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, uh, be be very physical with Embiid because you can do it. Like you can do it. He's still great. He's still the MVP. He still makes tough shots. But that's what you're gonna get from Embiid. You but you want him crying and falling on the floor. Yeah, you gotta have to attack that mismatch, and you can't really hesitate to do that. And I don't think the Celtics did. I think the one thing that did impact Tatum, like you said, I think those calls not going his way, but then also calls going the opposite way. He racked up four fouls really fast. One of them was really bad where Harden got hit in the face oh, by Tatum's arm, but it was like Joel Embiid screened and was like moving screen and pinned his arm and Harden just like went into it. So here's why Tatum is pissed, right? So go back to the night, the the, the game before when PJ Tucker swung and hit him in mm-hmm. the nuts. Yep. And they didn't call anything on that, which is call. still crazy to me. And then he got he got uh, PJ Tucker got hit with a call that reminded me of it when he I think it was my, was it Brown I think Brown was going to try and set up some kind of screen or it might have been he was on defense and backed into like PJ or something and PJ took it personally and then he just swung his shoulder into him and they called an offensive foul on PJ Tucker and I'm like that so so that's a, a tone setter from last game. Because you let him get away with that kind of stuff, and it's just correct. And I mean, you went back yeah. and watched it, and I don't want to like stay stuck on it. I mean, mm-hmm. like they're saying, oh, it was it was just he was just swinging. Absolutely sw- not. He's no, swinging his arm <laughs> that late after the dude went already past him. Come on, Cletus, be better than that. Like, don't give <laughs> any excuses. He knew what he was doing. You can feel people in your vicinity. It's a feeling that you have. He swung. It hit him. And they should have called something, but they didn't. And I'm telling you, like, the the game was a lot different in game two, I tell you that. But I think Tatum, with all that stuff in his head and it just not coming to fruition, the stuff not being called the same way, I think that's kind of what gets to him. And that's the only knock on Jason Tatum's game, but he's still a kid. He's so still young. He's still yeah. young. And that, that happens. Imagine him seven years from now when that stuff doesn't phase him. And he's sticking out the tongue like Jordan and just doing his thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. So it's going to be crazy. Yeah, I, I expect a bounce back game. Uh, you were correct. So Philly actually had the highest shooting percentage from three-point range. Um, they shot 38.7% from deep. Uh, they didn't rank as high on attempts. They were actually, now as I'm scrolling down, they were pretty low in attempts. They were only They were 16th in the league in three-point attempts. Um, so but that makes why their percentage yeah. is higher. They take less shots. Yeah, they take less shots from three, but that's because you got Joel Embiid. So like you, you're not going to need to as much because you're going to work the free throw line. You're going to mm-hmm. work in the paint. You know, you're going to get a buckets that way. That's for the regular season. In terms of the playoffs, um, they actually rank third, thirty-eight point three. Um, Celtics are second. Miami Heat are first. Um, so that's something worth considering, especially if you're trying to look ahead at all. 
But going into game three, I expect a bounce back performance from Tatum. I don't think, I don't think stick saying that he'll have like a stinker again would be, you know, a safe, I think that's a safe assumption to say that won't happen again. I'm not saying he's going to have a monster performance. They're very well could happen, but they're not going to be afraid to play in Philly. And I think that's sort of the, like the home court thing, like losing game one obviously sucks, but you're not going to be able to win a championship if you're afraid to play games on the road. And I just don't think that this team in particular is afraid to do that. I mean, you saw them go down to Atlanta, take game six. They saw them do this last year when the Bucks were up, had a chance to close it out at home. Uh, Celtics ended up taking that game six to make it a seven game series and bring it back to Boston. And that was on the backs of a massive Jason Tatum performance. I mean, they've done the same thing against the Miami heat before too. So having the opportunity to go into another person's building and take a win. Um, that's really what it takes to be a championship team. It's like, you got to be able to take care of business at home. And when you don't, you learn from it, you move on, you bounce back. And that's really what this team did in game two. And they did it so convincingly, you know, a lot of people going into the series favored the Celtics and game one kind of made people hesitant, but if they're going to include, well, I think there's some people who had like really strong reactions to game one. There are a lot of people did. They're like, oh, this is going to be a six or seven game series. I'm still, for all intents and purposes, I am not moving off of that five, five game. game prediction. Because no. I want to see, I want to see how they respond. I want to see how they respond in, in game three. They take game three. My prediction is still very much alive and well. I so agree. We'll see. <laughs> I agree. But the Celtics showed that they're resilient, right? So resiliency is the key, and it's been that all season long. And if you follow the Celtics' trajectory, they lose games when the superstar doesn't play. Like that's those so are weird. games that they lose. I I know, so but weird. if we're following that trajectory, so when they lost Game One, my hopes didn't go throughout the door. It was just a whack, wacky finish. I was right? annoyed. That was, was it, probably the best way to put it. Yeah, because damn it, we were up with twenty seconds left by one or something, and 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 then it came down to Harden hitting a big shot, and then we turned the ball over again, twice. But my point is, it just it was just a weird synergy of how they supposed to close out a game due to the lack of their game plan being around their big guy, the superstar from the Philadelphia 76ers. So they, they it was a fight. It was a it was a fight. It was a good battle. Game one. The, the Sixers only won by four points. I told you if the Sixers win a game, which is the one game that I said that they would win. I told you it would be close. That was a damn close game. Yeah. Like really close, and now the Celtics just showed you that they can pull away, and they can finish, and they could do it without their superstar. Mm. Like that—that's the other thing mm. too. You look at that performance; it's a massive, massive win, like damn near forty points, and you did so on the backs of pretty much everybody else that's not named Jason. Good game Tatum. from Malcolm Brogdon, though. We have to give him his props. I also want to give props. I mean, six of ten from three. Just like <laughs> he monstrous. was feeling it, bro. He, he was, was and Derek it. Derek White bounced back too. Five and nine from the field, three of six from three. Marcus a... Smart, you also got to give love to. Absolutely. Marcus was so good. Absolutely. That uh that reverse alley oop dunk um to kick off the quarter. Oh man. That was electric. That's that's what you do. That's like an energizer. That's a guy who, you know, ignites that culture. And they seem amped up for it. <laughs> Every time you say a word, I love energizer. It. And uh, Grant does it too. You got to give Grant credit. Yeah. We already did. But I, I 
I'm going to give credit to Grant as many times as I can. <laughs> because he deserves it, and he plays best his best basketball during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yep. When, when the lights are on, he plays his best basketball during the playoffs. Stats don't lie. And so, look, I, I really feel like the Celtics are, like, they just have to stay on their course and their trajectory. And as long as MB plays, you game plan to him, you find a way to uh, negate James Harden, and you ask... You ask, you know, Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey, come beat me. Like, that's the game plan. And so, I mean, because at the end of the day, Harden's going to hit a couple of threes, and you're going to be like, God dang it, right? They're going to find the mismatch, set the pick and roll, let them shoot, and if it goes in, they're happy. At the end of the day, Embiid is going to get you at least 15 points a game, and you know he's good for at least one plus point game. Which game is that going to be? I don't know, but you know he's good for one. And I think the Celtics just have to continue to figure out ways to counter that. And I I feel like they can. I, I'm, I'm not worried about the Celtics in this particular series. I just feel like they have to make sure each and every night that they show up and show out. Don't take the foot off the gas. Don't change up stuff. They know how to beat this team. They have the blueprint. Their team is not much different and from what it was before when they played them. So they have the blueprint. We have better pieces to help us out. Let Malcolm Brogdon do his thing. At first, I used to get mad when he takes three-point shots because I'd be like, dude, why would you take it? But they go in. Like, they just, they just, he just has a weird, awkward-ass looking shot and it goes it's flat. In. It's super flat, bro. Yeah. But they're <laughs> just, buckets. So it's like, I can't even argue against it. It's, it's got a really shot. like flat, sharp angle to it, the trajectory. You want him to also be pressuring the rim too, but yeah, you can't argue against the. Sh- he's one of the best shooters in the league in terms of his percentages from three this year. So <laughs> you, you you can't turn away from him. I and I won't. Uh, but you did <laughs> mention Derek White. I thought game one he was he was terrible. The first half of this game he was kind of like Slow. on that trajectory. <laughs> yeah, the the shots were not falling, and I was like, oh man, you need a good game from Derek. But then as soon as he started going, the rest of the team gets going too. Yes. And like it was everybody started clicking because the threes weren't following right off the bat. Correct. Um, and, but and you know we're going to get a game where the threes are going to fall right oh, off yeah. the bat. Like right off the bat. And that's where it's going to really make a difference. And that's where you you hit on this before. But, you know, you, you got to be able to not only get the bucket, but you, you can't just let them march down the court and just be trading buckets the whole game because that's how you lost game one. That's how you, know, you lost had game a, one. You had a fantastic shooting performance, but then you didn't play defense, so it didn't matter. Right. You know, you shot like 70 something percent for the first half, and you're only up by like two. So you can't have that happen again. And especially going into Philly, it's going to be a really hostile environment. Super hostile. Yeah. City of brotherly love, my ass. Like they're not, they are not brotherly love. There Listen, is no love there. Trust me. It, do, it doesn't even matter to sport. Like it, it, hockey, baseball, basketball, especially football is the worst. Vicious, vicious, vicious. I mean, (laughs) uh, but they, they, it's just the way it is, man. I don't know. Their Mm -hmm. city's been scarred or something. (laughs) Something, something Yeah, you know, I can't fault them for that. Um, besides that, before we wrap up, do you got anything else for me today, Wayne? No, man. All the Celtics got to do is continue to stick to their game plan. And if they need to make minor adjustments, uh, Missoula needs to just make sure that he's clear. Make those adjustments, man. They got to win game three. It's a must-win game for me. Uh, should be a must-win game for them. They'll take control back of that home court advantage. They win game three. Yeah, um, um, amen to that, man. Um, big, big swing if they take that. 
And I think going back to Boston um, up would be fantastic. I don't think this is going to be a very long series if they do that. So besides that, we will go ahead and wrap up the show today. This has been Vitamin C's. Thank you very much for joining us. And once again, proud part of the CLNS Media Network. We'll catch you next time, folks. Cheers. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and make every moment more on America's number one sportsbook.